Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I am right here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Pete Wright. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Hey, how you doing, Nikki Kinzer? Stressed out, Pete Wright. Why are you stressed out, Nikki Kinzer? (laughs) Well, who isn't stressed out right now? I think I'm stressed. My clients are stressed. My kids are stressed. Online school, no social life, you know, all, all of that stuff. Yeah. World is stressed. So how does that manifest when, when you're, you've got stress in your house? Because now you've got, like the rest of us, four people, and you're all kind of in in the mode of work and projects. Yeah, and yeah. What it's, does stress look like? Where does stress meet in your house? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's just stressful. And, you know, we had uh, a few weeks ago, we had the fires. And so, um, and they were getting really close to us. And so there was a lot of stress with that and sadness about, you know, what was happening uh, to the Oregon forests and California and everywhere else that it was burning, Washington. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was, a, you know, that was probably one of the most stressful times I've had in a long time. And I really felt it like in my body, it was so stressful. Yeah. Um, I could see it in my kids, you know, especially my daughter, because she's just so um, uh, sensitive. To, to things that, you know, you could see how uh, it was affecting her. But it's not just the fires. It's everything. It's COVID. Um, my husband's a high-risk person, right? So mm-hmm. it's always this concern of COVID and everything. I mean, everything is just stressful and it's such an unusual time. But yet, I think that people kind of forget that it's such an unusual time and, you know, want to kind of keep up with what they were doing before. And I think with ADHD, it's not even what they were doing before. It's just these high expectations that they have of themselves that are just so unrealistic, but even more unrealistic under these circumstances. And yeah. I mean, one yeah. of the examples I will tell you, like just in our home, to answer your direct, you know, your question directly is like eating at, you know, eating like dinner, making dinner. It's, it is become such a chore and I hate it. And it's, uh, you know, one of those things that we have just taken out. We have just done Grubhub and, and have eaten a lot of, um, food from restaurants. Right. And there's definitely this guilt about that. And, uh, but then at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, it's not a normal time. I mean, 
Yeah. So am I setting myself yeah. up for unrealistic expectations and should I give myself a little bit of a break? Well, I, I, I think so. And I think all of our listeners need to, too. So I think so, too. And I, I though, I think it is complicated and I'm excited we're talking about this because I think it's going to I think there are there are things we have to embrace and th- and and give ourselves grace and there are things that uh we risk normalizing too quickly and i yeah. that that has impacted me certainly directly so we're going to talk all about that today as we have coined in the great annals of ADHD uh language the lexicon of ADHD terminology we've just made up ADHD stress expectations uh, what happens when you're setting yourselves expectations that are too high realistic expectations. That's what we're talking about today. But before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. Tom's there. Hi, Tom. Head over to to TakeControlADHD.com. Get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list, and we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at TakeControlADHD. And if this show has ever touched you, head over to Patreon.com slash The ADHD Podcast. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting, and it is awesome, mostly because what it allows us to do. It allows us to focus more on the show, on the kinds of guests that we're able to bring into the show, on the kinds of resources we're able to put toward the show, all because of the listeners who have decided to support the show with a few dollars each month. We have a number of tiers over there. Uh, At each tier, you get a little bit more uh, access, a little bit more stuff. Uh, And so check it out, ADHD, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. And now, uh, effective... As you are listening to this, most likely, uh, you can now subscribe both for monthly support or annual support, which is uh, very exciting for us and hopefully uh, easy to budget for you. So thank you, everybody who has supported so far. And um, thanks to those of you who are still considering it. So setting unrealistic expectations, Nikki, here's the thing that I'm here's the thing I'm running into, which is um, that I... I'm a creature of habit, and I went ahead and normalized to new behaviors because early on I thought, surely this won't last two weeks. Surely this won't last a month. Surely my kids won't be out of school through the end of the year. Surely it's not now through February. Uh, Surely, surely, surely. And in my head, I gave myself permission to do some things to treat myself in ways that that I normally don't. And um, that behavior stuck. And now I'm, you know, six months down the road, I'm many pounds overweight. Uh, I'm I'm haven't been exercising at all. I got very sick, obviously, mm-hmm. and that that mm-hmm. was definitely a part of it. But um, part of that recuperation was thinking, oh, my God, like I I am unwell and and not just physically i'm unwell partially because i think i gave myself too much grace uh in times of stress and let go of um that sense of normalcy that came from constraint that came from you know what i'm not going to eat a half a cake before bed <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that might right. be a little bit extreme but yeah. but it's um 
you know, part of it was we also we were eating a lot of food out, delivery mm-hmm. food, and it gets very expensive. It's and those expensive kinds of and things, not real healthy. Yeah, right. I just start to notice those, and I'm like, okay, like I get setting expectations and being like being reasonable for myself, but also there is a certain set of behaviors that allow me to maintain my health and well-being. And if anything, I need that now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, as a framework for where my head is in this conversation, yeah. that's why I, it's, it's uh, for lack of a better term, it kind of stresses me out. <laughs> right. Well, of course. And and what you're saying, I think a lot of people relate to because uh, it it's... It's true. I mean, especially yeah. with food, you know, being able to to go to that for comfort, right? Oh, um, it's so easy it's so to easy. ignore right. the positive signals, right? It's yeah. so easy to ignore the hard stuff and right. go for the easy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think there is a balance. And, and um, so for today's conversation, a, a couple of ways that, um, or the, sort of the direction that I was heading is I, I want to first educate people uh, around why ADHDers specifically will set higher expectations for themselves. And, um, and we're going to take kind of COVID out of it, right? And just give you some information around why this happens in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had this great doctor on, Dr. William Dotson on um, a few months ago talking about RSD. And he also talks about a lot of other things too. And he says it is estimated that those with ADHD receive tw- receive 20,000 more negative messages by age 12 than those without the condition. So shame causes many people with ADHD to try to be perfect. If I just do X, Y, Z perfectly, then I can avoid feeling shame. So as we know, at least I I, I see this a lot with my clients, is there is this, uh, there's a, a people pleasing type of of thing that happens where they want to um really go out of their way to help someone or to make sure this is perfect or um to make sure that themselves are doing what they can and so they put these expectations really high um something that Tamra how would you say that Rosier Tamra Rosier or Rosier Rosier yeah I don't I'll just reference to yeah. attitude magazine okay. um there were a couple of other uh, quotes from doctors from Attitude Magazine that says many individuals with ADHD having limited access to their prefrontal cortex rely on their emotions to make decisions and to motivate themselves. Shame provides a well of negative emotions from which they can draw, which really goes back to kind of what you were saying and I was saying about the food, mm-hmm. right? We're making emotional decisions because we feel bad and that feels good at the moment, but then feels bad again when you know that you're not helping yourself. Right, right. I, uh, side question. Yeah. Uh, how does your anxiety feed this? Oh, it, it, it does what we're talking about. We're talking about in the context of ADHD, but ADHD and anxiety and depression, like they're all sort of fueled by this behavior. Right. Yeah. So I know from standing, you know, from speaking from uh, an anxiety point of view, it's, uh, it's definitely that shame spiral. Well, this is going to make me feel better, but then now I feel bad. I mean, even like, I know there's been times where I know I don't uh, respond well to dairy, but I will still have a bowl of ice cream. And then I feel bad afterwards. And then I wonder, why did I do that? Yeah. 
but yet I will yeah, do it again. It's a script that you've written so many times. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. So it's like there, but yeah, at the moment, that's that's what feels good. And, yeah. um, you know, I think that just to, to add to this, perfectionists with ADHD will often uh, dismiss their achievements. So to motivate themselves to complete more tasks. And what we're saying here is that um, people feel like their worth is almost tied to like how much they could get done in a day yeah and if they don't get that done then they feel like they have failed but it wouldn't matter if we gave you more than 24 hours a day you probably wouldn't have gotten those things done because the expectations are so high yeah and um and so how does this relate to to covid kind of looping all this around is we have these expectations for our to-do lists and everything when we're under a great deal of stress and not normal stress. And so if we don't change our expectations or change our behavior, um, you know, we're going to keep going into this cycle of just shame and more stress and more anxiety and more, you know, um, feeling bad because we can't reach what we think we should be able to reach under this stress. And I think what you were talking about before and what we're talking about with food, it's a little different than what I'm talking about here, right? I mean, like, we definitely need to have our self-care. And we'll talk about that. I mean, I think self-care is a huge piece of dealing with stress. And when we let that go, more stress happens. Sure. Um, so does that make sense of kind of where the ADHD is coming from when it comes to well, expectations? Well, yeah, I, I think that I, I think the food. Yeah, I mean, my only comment was on on food and, and like um, uh, these using food as a as an agent for making yourself feel better, right. allowing yourself to feel better. And my only issue with that in my experience is that, you know, because I already have an issue with food, right? I, I already have like constantly playing tapes about, you know, oh, right. my relationship with food and and have for years. And my experience with uh, ADHD exacerbates those, the focus on those kind of negative signals. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about that, and and I think the the experience of the pandemic being completely novel for, oh, for so many everyone. of us, yeah. right, um, is one that I I didn't I don't think I expected how uh, my you know how how much I would count I would need to count on um, you know keeping more being more or less a stoic around some of those um some of those old behaviors th- then i uh, such that when i let myself go um you know i it it stopped feeling good anymore right mm-hmm. like it mm-hmm. stopped feeling good so quickly um mm-hmm. it's pandemic i'm like let's make some more lemon bars it's pandemic i'm going to make cookies right. every sunday it's a pandemic this will go, this it's will okay. go away it's going to go away and then i'll not, get back yeah. to normal yeah, yeah that that be, that went from a salve for stress right. to oh wow this is a habit now i'm the guy who makes cookies yeah. every sunday and i no longer feel good about it and, but... and it turns out like i was counting on like my ability to stay strong in those scenarios to keep my health up my heart yeah. strong feeling good so that i could handle the stress that was being thrown at me that i'd never experienced before right Right. But so. the thing I have to say is that there's now some awareness around that. Right. Yes. So now totally. we have some awareness around, okay, maybe these weren't, these are the habits that we don't need to continue or we need to switch right. our thinking because 
it isn't going away anytime soon that we know of. And so uh, it is something that we have to kind of take a deep look and kind of see, okay, what's going on and how do we want to deal with this? How do we really want to deal with the stress? Well, and you know, I think it's in, I think, and I know we're going to talk about this in a minute, but I think I've been thinking a lot about our conversation um, um, about uh, consequences versus punishment. And, you know, in that context, we're talking about parents and kids, but you know what? I need to have that conversation with myself too, because right. I'm. It's very easy for me to allow my ADHD to be a hammer and use those like behaviors to punish myself, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. versus understanding the if-then statement. Right? right? If I'm a guy who makes chocolate chip cookies for the family every Sunday and eats them, then I know what those consequences are going to be. Right? right? I right. know how that's going to make my make me feel. Um, and the same thing goes for like, oh, you know, yeah, I. We can be the family that sits down and, and, you know, every night watch, you know, television, even though we know that um, the kids aren't going to focus on their homework. They're not going to be able to get their stuff done there. Everybody's here trying to get the same amount of stuff done. Um, So, like, we can let things slide a little bit in that area. But, you know, the consequences for that, they they become apparent, too. A lot of layers to unlayer here, for sure. Uh, One thing that I do want to talk about, too, is just giving people a little bit of understanding why it's difficult to set up realistic expectations with ADHD. Um, And it really goes comes back to like executive functions and some of the challenges that we have with ADHD in general. Time blindness, you know, we think you can do or you think that you can do more than you can. That's a huge piece of setting the expectations really high mm-hmm. is you don't know how long something's going to take you and, and you think you can get it all done. And so you're you're in your mind at the beginning of the day, you really think you can do this. Uh, planning is very difficult. There's no buffer time. There's no um, taking into account transition time from one thing to another, or even really thinking about your energy. You know, it's really, again, easy at the beginning of the day to say, I'm going to get this done, this done, and this done. But then by three or four o'clock in the afternoon, you're wiped out and you just don't have the energy to do it. Um, And then going back to that perfectionism that I, I want to please others. And it's really hard to set boundaries for yourself when you want to you know, almost prove yourself to other people or, or feel like you're able to to do more. And it avoids, uh, you want to avoid the negative attention. So if we go back to Dr. Dotson mm-hmm. about RSD, you know, we, we don't want that uh, attention on us of not doing well. And so we want to do overcompensate for that. Overwhelm, of course, you don't know where to start. You don't know what to do. So what happens? People shut down and you avoid. You wait until the last minute to complete things. And uh, when we're talking about consequences and punishments, Mm -hmm. you know, what are the consequences if we are uh, doing this to ourselves? And I think the first, I think, biggest consequence emotionally and mentally is just that shame that you're putting on yourself that that is has no grace. Mm -hmm you know, to to what is going on and and what the situation is. Of course, there's other things that, that can happen, you know, missing deadlines, you know, things like that. But I really think, you know, not giving yourself that grace, suffering from burnout because you're just not taking care of yourself, um, you know, is, is a big deal. There is a certain amount of ADHD empathy at work here that we are, at least I'm noticing, more contagious if if you're 
you know, living in a home with other people trying to go to school, trying to go to work, um, to, to remember that our behaviors have a direct and sometimes deeply tangible uh, effect on others. So if you are feeling like, um, you know, sure, you have some time to watch a show at night and other people are like sort of dragged into that experience, then suddenly you're helping, you're enabling others to be time blind and them for you too. Um, I'm, I noticed that a lot in, in my house where uh, it's just so easy for us collectively to make decisions that directly fit this model, because there are many of us in the house that are dealing with ADHD behaviors. And, um, right. and, and so like when one of us is overwhelmed, we tend to be overwhelmed as a unit, right? When one of us is running behind and going crazy because we're missing a deadline, we tend to start running around crazy like as a unit. And so um, I, I just think that's a that's a thing maybe to keep in the back of your head. How do your behaviors and and uh, experiences, how are they actually impacting others around you? Because it may be something that that you notice and it may help you. The same way the accountability buddy model works, like when you go into a study right. hall and some you're counting on somebody else to be contagious for you to help you stay on on target, the same thing happens the other way too. Right. Yes. Yes. Well, and that really is interesting because when you were asking at the very beginning of the conversation, how does your, how is your family impacted? I think that that's a great example of how also, you know, depending on what kind of mood you're in or if, how you're, um, what you're feeling at the time. And I remember at one moment just telling my husband, and this is really unusual for me, I have to say, because I'm pretty, low key for the most part. Mm -hmm. Right. But I was in a bad mood and I'm like, I'm just going to tell you, I'm sorry if I offend you or if I'm short with you, I'm just in a bad mood. Yeah. And he's like, I get it. You know, it's okay. You don't have to worry about it. But I think, uh, but I, you know, that is just, again, how stress can come out and you're not your same personality necessarily. Um, But here are a few key points that I think uh, might help people remember uh, kind of what what they want to do when they're setting up more realistic expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the words we definitely want to watch out for is the should. Mm -hmm. I should be doing this. And um, really ask yourself, like, okay, who's telling me that I should do this? Where is this coming from, right? Because is it some expectation that you are putting on yourself because this is what you think you have to do or you're trying to compare yourself to somebody else? I I just would really think about what where the should is. (laughs) That just sounds Gross. (laughs) Where's the should? You're just going through your day and you're feeling fine and then suddenly you just step and should. And then I you're know, like, oh, right? I gotta clean. It's gonna be with you all day. You're all. You're gonna yeah. smell a little bit like should all day long. Exactly, and that's just not what you want to do. Oh, so, goodness, <laughs> oh, that was a good laugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the second thing here to do is reduce the tasks on your daily to do so list. Big. It sounds so simple. Oh, it's not I simple. know. But if you're looking at one big list of things to do, uh, it is going to be overwhelming and it's going to be too much. And so, um, you know, we've talked about this before and it's worth repeating. If you have this big, huge list, you've got to zero in on just like three things, just three things. And uh, if you don't know how to prioritize those three things, because I know that is so difficult with people with ADHD, ask for help. Ask for help, please. 
Because once you start talking to somebody about it and you start processing it, you'll realize that not everything does have the same importance. And you'll be able to really um, figure out what is important. And then just focus on those three things until they're done. And then you can pick three more. Yeah. But really get that list down and only focus on those those important things. This is why all the great worksheets, including our great daily schedule worksheet, it has right. three big top priorities. You put them right in the corner there and say, there, these are the three things I'm going to focus on. And there's a chance I won't even get through these because, you know, right. the, the way days go. But if Absolutely. if your list includes 15 things, it's a guarantee you won't get through those things. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, The third point here is schedule your downtime, schedule your rest time, block it out. Don't let don't let it compete with other things. No exceptions. And don't feel guilty about it. So I've had so many conversations over the past years with clients you know, saying you've got to, you've got to carve some time out on the weekend or whenever your day off is and not feel like you have to have it filled with every single hour. It's really important for our mental health, our energy, everything that you have some downtime and not feel guilty about it. It's that whole thing where they talk about putting the oxygen mask, you know, before before helping others. Yeah. Yeah, uh, On the airplane, it's the same thing here. You, You have to get that rest. How whatever that looks like for you. Uh, and it may be that you add extra help. You know, you ask for extra help. You don't have to do everything on your own. I think that that's something that a lot of people feel like is that, well, I should be able to do this on my own. So not only do we have a should, yeah. but you're assuming that you should be doing everything on your own. And uh, and that's just not the case. Um, you There's lots of resources out there that that can help you you know, and, and it's not even necessarily, I mean, I always kind of go back to the housekeeper. That's an accommodation, not a luxury. Um, but if you don't have, you know, have the funds for that, maybe you can do some kind of, um, uh, switch where you take care of somebody's kids mm-hmm. and they come in and help you with the laundry or whatever. I mean, there's ways you can be creative, especially if you're, um, if you have a circle of friends, you know, having that support is wonderful. Uh, so I would I would definitely look at those things. Yeah. Grace, we have talked about it over and over again. Grace, you've got to give it to yourself the same way that you would give it to your neighbor, your sister, your friend, your family, you know, family member who's struggling. You've got to give it to yourself. Oh, and number six, Pete, practice healthy living. You see what I mean? Like it's right here. Yeah, <laughs> it's right you here. Know? Things like eating a balanced diet, exercising regularly, getting enough sleep each night. Um, so your body can react better when stressors come up. And I've, you know, I'm not, I'm very transparent about how I feel about exercise. I don't like it, but I will tell you, I have gotten to the point now where it doesn't even feel like it's a choice. It almost feels like it has to happen because I need to have that stress release. Yeah. I need to be able to exercise and move so that I can just get the stress out and get more dopamine. Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, that's definitely something to look at. And if you don't want to exercise, because like for you, Pete, and everybody else who's recovering from COVID, you might not be able to. You can start small with little things like your diet, right? Like just changing your breakfast. Um, we've always talked about just little tiny habits that that can be tweaked. So that would be something I would encourage you to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and I, we, I actually, I 
found myself really relieved because just last week I got word from my doctor saying, okay, I think we're done, right? Your lung volume is testing fine. And I think we're, I think we're done. I think it's time for you to go out into your neighborhood and find some hills and it's going to hurt. And you should just start getting in some miles every day walking uh, until you can, you know, start pushing yourself a little bit more. And that was, I, I found, wow, what a relief. Right. That right. That yeah. I, I feel I didn't know until that moment that I was missing something that I don't even like to do, you know, in practice, but I was missing mm-hmm. it. Um, and and it, it turns out I like having done it. <laughs> like, right. I, I don't like it while I'm in action, but I do like having done it. It, it is right. It is good right. for the soul. Absolutely. And then the last point here is find a support group. Uh, There's definitely a strength in numbers and that connection and talking to other people who get you and you don't have to explain. That's one of the biggest things I see with my groups and in Discord is that you don't have to go into this huge explanation. People just get it right away. And uh, if you haven't uh, checked out our our Patreon. I hope you do um, for the community itself. is It's a wonderful community and uh, um, definitely a lot of people there that are there to support you and and talk to you and and uh, you know just have that connection. You're part of it. Yes. Excellent. There you go. Well, I feel like Stress I was. Sections. I feel like I was a real downer <laughs> this time. It's not too much. No, of a you're downer. not a downer. I think I was a little no. bit of a downer. So I'm sorry if I was a I, downer. I think people are going to definitely relate to both of our stories. I, I'm sure, at least I hope, because I don't think we're unusual yeah. by any means. Um, and uh, well, I, no, it's all stuff we have to talk it, about because it's all new for everyone. Well, it is. And, and you know, it's, this goes back to what I was saying early on. Like, the, if you go through our list of seven things, right, that we talk about, we've it's not the first time we've talked about them, but it is, it is one of those things that we forget. We forget that we have these resources inside of us and outside of us to help us because this the world we're living in is so unusual and right um and and i think just you know count on count on some of the basic skills that you've been practicing and uh i know in my case um i i gotta i gotta rein it in i gotta rein it in on the cakes well and i think the message too on the cakes (laughs) (laughs) i think the message here too is that from an educational standpoint, I want people to understand that your ADHD is going to already set you up for high expectations in a normal world. Mm-hmm. And then you put all of these stressors in it and you can't expect that the same expectations, if they didn't work in the normal world, they're not going to work in this world. Right. And so being able to really maybe take this time to practice that grace and these tools and resources so that when things do get back to somewhat whatever they will be um you know you you've you've practiced that's the optimistic part of me saying you know you you're this is this isn't this is actually now that i think about it silver lining you 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 have the perfect opportunity (laughs) you have the perfect opportunity right now to say i'm not doing all those things yeah because pete nikki said i didn't have to told you it's okay (laughs) i love it Well, thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We so appreciate your time and your attention. Uh, On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.